1: if you're new to hockey you might not be familiar with the phrase chasing the game it's not something that's been around the sport for a real long time it's kind of been a a pop-up to the past decade but it's a good good phrase an accurate one good morning to you Good Monday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that I hope you'll take the time to check out if you're interested in those teams. The Penguins are in a bad, bad way. And I don't just say that because the last thing we saw from them was that god-awful 6-4 loss to the Sharks Saturday night at PPG Paints Arena. I further don't say that just because the locker room afterward was just this chasm of morbidity where everyone looked like they just lost their favorite pet, uh, long faces, everyone was dragging slowly to get out of there, except for Jeff Carter. he always makes it out in kind of a hurry as the reporters are allowed in and the assessments of where the franchise is right now were probably about as upbeat as this one shared with me in a good one on one talk that I had with Brian Rust..
0: Very important, I think. um, I I realize that's captain, obviously. Yeah, um, that pretty much sums it up. I think we do. We we gotta tighten up, especially in the two, three minutes after we score goals. I think we lose momentum and um, and allow them to score another one. Especially when we tie a game up, we'll go out there a couple of shifts and they score again and take the lead. I think um, that's an easy way to lose momentum, and, and that's not a good recipe for success, and I think we need to be a little sharper and be a little more focused and a little more simple in those two or three shifts after because we just got the momentum. you got to just play hard and play simple and try and keep it.
1: It's in here, too, isn't it? I mean, I was I was there in St. Paul and in Winnipeg, and you guys, you know, you guys were tight, you know? This yeah. was a really dedicated group staying on top of the puck, all that other stuff. Yeah.
0: Um, for whatever reason, um, we've gotten away from it, and I think for us, um this breaks, we're going to have to mentally and physically kind of recharge and be ready to be dialed in both mentally and physically for the last whatever 33 34 how many games it is we got to be ready for that we got to know that we got to be dialed in mentally to be into those details and be good positionally good away from the puck but also also physically to be in there and work hard and battle hard and kind of try and take over games
1: yeah what do they do what do they do what is there that individual players, or even the leadership group, what's there for them to do about this? Is it to admonish players who aren't playing hard, who don't naturally play hard, to play harder? Is that a thing? Is that something that you want Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang to be handling for you? Is that a coach's thing, or are there just some players who don't operate with that gear? Tell me, are the players expected or are Mike Sullivan, Todd Reardon, and the rest of the coaches expected to look at Brock McGinn and say, dude, you need to play so much harder for the role that you should be filling on this roster? Is that on them? And if it is, what happens when he doesn't respond? What happens when he still just goes out there and does his thing, whatever his thing is, presuming you've even noticed him other than one real nice shift he had a couple of weeks ago? How about where it relates to Carter? Who's going to do something about that? These guys are both making $3 million plus. Guaranteed. They've got no fears. They've got no concerns. And in the case of McGinn, he doesn't own that gear. And in the case of Carter, he lost his about a year and a half ago. So what do you do? What is it that upper management, specifically Ron Hextall, thinks could be a solution that's right here in Pittsburgh? Chasing the game. Chasing the game is what they've been doing now for the better part of the first half of the NHL season. In the tangible sense, they'll fall behind early, usually very, very early, first minute or so. If not, they'll get around to it sometime in the first period, which tends to not go well for them, whereas the second period tends to go extremely well for them. But by then, they're, yeah, chasing the game. The game has moved ahead of them, and now they've got to catch up. First minute of periods, last minute of periods, these are seen by some coaches, and not without cause, as specialty situations. Meaning, you're going to want to put a line onto the ice that you know can just give you a good, boring minute 15, minute 20 shift. And not even that long, necessarily. But you want to be able to put your third line or your fourth line out there or the old, you know, Teddy Bluger, Zach Aston Reese, Brandon Tanev line that I keep bringing up. You can put that line out there and you know if you've got a lead, you're taking it to the intermission. Or if your team in general, your guys that are on the bench there in front of you need a jolt, need a, you know, a shot of uh, what's that stuff called that everybody's drinking with all the caffeine. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Five hour energy. If you, you know, if you need one of those, you could throw those guys out there or the old HBK line or whatever it is and just say, Hey, let's go. Everybody, look what they're doing out there. Let's go. Everybody pick it up. Pick it up a little bit. This team doesn't have that. And that's because this team doesn't have a third line or a fourth line. And it doesn't have the people to make up a third line or a fourth line. Certainly not enough of them. Out of the six who are currently doing it, the only one I'd consider keeping, if things were as simple as just, you know, pushing a plunger and blowing it all up, would be Drew O'Connor. Everyone else could go. Everyone else could go. Even Teddy, because Teddy's not Teddy anymore. I, whatever's happened to him since the broken jar, or losing Tanev and Aston Reese, whatever it is, it's taken its toll on him. He's not the same player. And until this is fixed, until Sullivan can count on players other than the same six forwards and the same three or four defensemen, none of this is going to change. You'll see the occasional streak. You'll see... Uh, When Tristan Jari comes back, he'll instill a little bit of confidence and you'll see them go on a little bit of a roll. You'll see him ideally performing at around a 930 save percentage or so where a goaltender of his caliber should be, at least when he's healthy, which isn't often enough. But you're not going to see this team go anywhere until there's a total transfusion of the bottom six forwards in the lineup total transfusion when we come back j1q today's j1q comes from chris who asks, DK, is the real problem the bottom six or just a couple players and a stubborn coach? I think that either argument can be made. The regular season is when younger players should be getting their experience. I'd be loading up the minutes of Ty Smith and P.O. Joseph and diminishing Brian Dumoulin's minutes and roll, for example. The more time that Drew O'Connor gets, the better he looks. Kasperi Kapanen and him looked really good together on the fourth line and he's been instrumental in Danton Heinen scoring. Jeff Carter is the boat anchor that the third line plays with, even when he's playing the wing. Chris, you make individual good points here, okay? But I, I don't know that you're hearing me, my man. It doesn't mean that I'm right. I just don't know that you're hearing my stance on this, okay? And my stance isn't Heinen needs to score more. Okay, or that Kapanen and O'Connor looked good together in creating some offense. I don't care. I don't care if they ever score. I mean, maybe once in a while, you know. But that's not what this team's missing. The top six is scoring plenty. The power play, when it's doing what it's supposed to do, is producing okay. You know, sometimes they look great. They certainly did by scoring twice against San Jose in a total of 17 seconds the other night. They're capable of that. The top six is capable of consistent scoring output, and they've shown that. And if you think about how this roster was built from the salary cap standpoint, a lot of money was put into the top six, not just Sid and Gino. You know, the other guys are getting paid a lot. Everyone's at at least $5 million. So logic would have dictated from there that you wouldn't go maxing out your cap on Carter and Kapanen to fill it out. That made no sense at all, ever, 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 let alone two years instead of just the one. Now, to your individual point that contributes to this, yeah, of course it's, it's, it's somewhat on the coach as well. It has to be. He just had Jonathan Gruden up. For two weeks, barely used him. Gruden was the guy that Hextall plucked off the Wilkes-Barre team after he'd spent a weekend in Charlotte, North Carolina, watching the AHL affiliate compete. Gruden was the guy. He was sent here to be a second Zucker of sorts, not with that kind of scoring or whatever. And he's young. He's 22. He was going to be nervous. And it was a hopeful thing. But he never got a chance. Didn't play. Didn't play. So people like me, and and presumably you can complain about McGinn and Carter and whatever else here, but nothing stopped Sullivan from utilizing Gruden instead of McGinn or Carter or whoever. So it's got to be on everybody. It's got to be on everybody. And that includes, to an extent, the players and the leadership group and everybody else. Everybody. Because if you're going to get super uh, emotional or sentimental about this guy or that guy, whether it's Carter or Dumoulin or even McGinn, who's well-liked in the room, you're missing the broader point here. The broader point is to to win. It's to, you know, lift another Stanley Cup. You've got the top six for it. You have a cup-level top six. You have the makings of a good enough defense if Dumoulin, or at least this version of Dumoulin, isn't in there. It's not great. It doesn't blow away the bar, but it's good enough. And if Jari's healthy, again, it's too much of a variable at this point to say that in any sort of definitive term. But if Jari's healthy, I mean, you know, you've seen him. He can beat anybody. He's done that. You just can't go anywhere at all with this bottom six. You can't do it, and you can't avoid it, and you can't look for other targets here. This is what needs to change. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everyone listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We'll do another one of these tomorrow.